0: Welcome to How to Scale, the podcast by Frog Capital focused on helping software companies to successfully scale up. For more than 10 years, we have developed a solid understanding of the common challenges that scale up companies face. With our group of operating partners, we have learned from years of experience. We have created the scale up methodology, which brings together insights and tools to help improve companies' probability of reaching sustainable profitability. Each podcast looks at a different challenge that all companies will face on their way to scale. My name is Jens duing i I'm one of the senior partners at Frog Capital, the investor focused on purpose-driven European software companies in the scale-up phase. Over the last 20 years, my own personal journey has led me to work in this space, challenging the status quo to identify better ways to tackle problems. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, sign up. the podcast at frogcapital.com slash podcast. Today, we are being joined by Uli Divkin-Loweski, is the HR lead at our portfolio company, Casper Health, and has had a wealth of experience in HR leadership roles across the world. Uli, hello.
1: Thank you very much, Jens, for this invitation. Very excited to be here with you today.
0: And Uli, um, HR is clearly a critical topic for all scaling software companies. Do you want to give us a quick introduction of what your role entails at Casper um, and where you're taking it?
1: Very happy to do that. I am, as you said, the Chief People and Communications Officer at Casper Health. Um, I lead the people and admin department, which is um, responsible for staffing, recruiting, People operations important stuff like payroll, labor law, moving new recruits to Germany and um, also, of course, the nitty gritty details um, of requests from every employee, compensation and benefits. Of course, it covers office management, system administration, knowledge management, talent development, learning, being the sparring um to all of our leaders um for um Casper um in Toto but especially also the C level and really every people manager. Um of course I'm supporting with my organization the right organizational structures um to scale um and much more I'm just as I'm speaking I realized that we could probably do a podcast only on all of these different functions that an HR department entails.
0: And that's fantastic. As you right pointed out, this is a, a, a role that has a lot of different aspects to it. What is actually the dominant part right now? How do you spend your time on a daily basis?
1: I would say the, the biggest part is definitely leadership skills uh, and ensuring that I'm sparring with C-Level and uh, the leadership team on strategic decisions to be made um, and um, the path forward on ensuring that the growing pains aren't as painful (laughs) as uh, we are currently scaling up. Um, It's also ensuring that we have the right processes in place that we need in order to be able to um, to scale, which is super fundamental and provides the baseline for every employee to feel that cushion that is necessary to deliver, to focus, to stay, um, yeah, um, focused on the priorities.
0: Fantastic. I only guess that given the complexity of these roles, you're not alone. How big is your team and and how specialized are your team members? Mm-hmm.
1: So um, I have uh, three business partners, which have I have newly appointed. They are all specialists in their fields. We have a talent acquisition lead, uh, we have a people operations uh, lead, and we have a learning um, and development uh, lead that are continuing to stay specialists in their field because, of course, we are a very lean organization, but we have realized that in the times that we're in, where clearly we're moving towards the scaling up um, of our company, we need to be much closer to the different business areas. So having um, appointed business partners um, is helping majorly to actually be in touch with a growing organization and ensuring that it's that, that the people feel heard and feel listened to that the leaders have the support and the sparring that they need. Um, and, um, to be honest also that leadership is, um, supported, um, the way that they need to be supported. Because, of course, all leaders, depending on their personalities, on their skill set that they come with and also the experience they have, um, they are very different and very individual and they need to be picked up uh, exactly where they are.
0: Fantastic. And Uli, I'd like to take a little step back, give our listeners a feel for how big the organization was maybe two years ago, what HR looked like then, and what you think the organization might look like in 12 months time perhaps and uh, how you will support that role then
1: well it's 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 a, the time frame of 2 years is perfect because that's literally pretty much when i started within Casper. um i think the organization was 50 people 60 people um we had just gone through a massive growth um that year, so February that I think 2020, 2020 it was, um, there was a huge growth from 30 people to 60, 70 people, um, which was not well prepared, I would say. The organization needed that growth because, of course, there were a lot of um targets to hit, but um I think the organization itself was not ready for that growth. So um, you know, fundamental topics like structures, um, policies, uh, processes were missing. So, um, we scaled down a little bit again on that growth and we put a lot of topics in place. We called it um, building the base, um, uh, really setting up the structure, the fundament. Um, to actually build something solid on top, as we Germans say.
0: And how did you do that? What does this foundation look like?
1: Well, really, um, we looked into who are we? So is what we showed up for? Uh, Is our vision still true with all of the different experiences that we've learned um, after five years of existence? Um, Do do our values still match our everyday um, um, experience, really, as, as a company? What does our company culture look like? Do we have operating principles and guidelines in place that... Everyone that joins knows what we are expecting from them, not only from a functional end on, on the what we do, but also on the how we do it. So the behaviors that we want to foster in our organization. Is the purpose well understood? Is the messaging of how we see it in, um, you know, how how a really good um, idea you always get with new uh, candidates and recruits Do they get, when going onto your website, do they get what you're doing? (laughs) And two years ago, I I can clearly say that was not the case. Um, That that was not very well understood. And I think this is exactly where we started um, to build that foundation, to actually ensure that we're having across the company that clarity on who we are and what we're trying to achieve what our purpose is, um, what the values are that we go by, and um, how the processes are that will enable that growth that we want to see on the financial end.
0: That all sounds very uh, involved, Woody. So did you have the buy-in from your leadership team uh, for this topic? Did you have the resources that you needed to implement all of this?
1: Mm um when i joined um i think and that was very crucial um and i think um really the um that made me join um our founding team um was very clear that they needed more of that and they needed um expertise that they didn't have so yes to that they really um, saw that there's a lack. There was a lot of reflection um, on their part, knowing that they actually need skilled personnel <laughs> um, that maybe has some more experience in fields that they don't. Um, and that's how I joined. And that's why, from the beginning, I had a huge amount of trust um, and um, yeah, the ability to really impact all of these areas from messaging, but also from you know driving um the the organization, the foundation of of um, this organization building with them.
0: Fantastic. And I think perhaps I didn't ask the question in, in the most uh, beautiful manner possible because the point obviously is that you do have that support here and it's critical to uh, to success. Because uh, what is positively surprising uh, in in our context here is that you are actually at the board level. You're sitting in the executive board levels. Was that a critical factor for you?
1: Um, it it was yes, um, because I do come with a very strategic HR background. Uh, I'm 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 more of a generalist myself, but in a way of a very strategic generalist coming from um, big pharma giants, uh, having done um, mergers and acquisitions and, you know, with hundreds of thousands of employees across the entire globe, um, having been the global HR lead for BMG, which is a music company um, um, of Bertelsmann. And um, I know how critical it is to actually install this mindset of we need to take care of not only what a marketeer would say, what our clients know about us, but also what our employees understand because they are and it's, uh, you know, I think everyone knows that um. Everyone believes that the, the the people that you have are the critical most critical asset. But how, how do you enable them to actually perform? And um, that's exactly, I think, the pitch that I went with, that I I'm a strong believer that with transparency, with clear buy-in of everyone, understanding of why we're heading this way, why we need to take the shortcut, why you can be trusted. Because I'm going to listen to you as well in the right moments. Because, um, you know, um, I'm there for you and we care for one another. Honestly, truthfully. Um, that's what this is about. And I think um, I've seen now in this these two years that this holds true. Like the asset of this, the people that you have holds true in a startup scale-up even more than in big uh, in big corporations. Because Fantastic. we need to deliver. <laughs> we need to deliver. And we need to go above and beyond oftentimes. And we are expecting to a certain extent that people go that extra mile. And you only get that buy-in if they see that they're cared for too.
0: Perfect. I think in the last few years, it's been there have been plenty of options for employees to come and you are a purpose led company you've always been more successful had less pain than other portfolio commerce of ours but how do you go about attracting the right talent and how do you select it
1: mm. so I think we're really we're trying to be very clear with the requirements what do we really need what you know, what is our expectation of that person from a competency factor? And then it's the cultural fit for sure. And then uh, so so our recruiting path is you have the cultural fit with our talent acquisition lead. um, we have the functional fit with a potential hiring manager. Um, we have a team interview where the team has a buy-in because in the end, they are going to onboard that person. They're going to have these interactions. They have, they are going to pair code. They're going to have, you know, they they are going to be interacting. So um, okay. we need to make sure that this is, you know, it's, it's uh, it's a long lasting friendship that we're planning there. <laughs> Not, you know, willingly, but yes, um, you need to be able to veto. Um, and chemistry is a huge. Hugely important factor. Um, and then, yes, um, I think we've also made some mistakes in our hiring. Uh, it's um, it's something that, you know, fail fail often and early. It's fine to make mistakes. We need to learn from them. We do retrospectives. We are clearly, you know, addressing these topics and we're trying to become better every day.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's one other aspect um, that is, I think quite an interesting one to draw on. I mean, I think you have more experience than most and that's about navigating differences, cultural biases, diversity, motivations. How do you do it?
1: It's actually, um, I think, I think it's actually using all of your senses. We're not. When I look at a lot of managers, we have become more numb to using our senses. Um, and I wish that we would be more able to see, that we would be better in hearing, that we would be more empathetic in saying things. Um, so really, and also, you know, as I said earlier, using your gut and going for that notion of, ah, was that... Did I did I say it right? Maybe you didn't, but if you then reach out to actually verify whether you did or not, it goes such a long way. So um seeing the people, knowing that of course someone with an Indian background is always going to be so much more polite. And you need to actually really, you know, you know, you need to actually say, please. You go, I I always go into these meetings and I say, no BS, please we are wasting our time if we're not talking about the topics that we can actually change to make them better mm-hmm. um and um and yes um we our staff base our therapists and doctors are mainly german our of course our our it staff is uh, mainly i think we have 60 nationalities so it's 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 a huge difference uh, it's also a huge difference of characters and personalities um, in the leadership team, lately we've been <laughs> using uh, Myers Briggs uh, test to actually identify how we work. Uh, are we introverts? Are we extroverts? Um, you know, how do we think and how do we act as thinking first and then acting, or acting and then thinking and then acting? So these kind of things to actually better understand how we are functioning within the teams and how we can ensure to actually not neglect individual team members that might be different because different is good. It's the diversity that we need. And it's that second thought that we would never have if there was not that other person. That comes with a very different mindset and with different experience. Um, And I think this is crucial.
0: Yeah, agreed. I've certainly seen that as well. Excellent. Thank you, um, Uli. Which brings me to my final question of your top three tips for scaling software companies. How do they scale their HR side properly?
1: Mm, So I think the first one is get the company culture right. Establishing and aligning um, the purpose, values and behaviors which define your working environment is key to finding and keeping top talent. Uh, Once you know what you're about and where you want to go, you have a much, much better chance of bringing in and keeping the people you need to get there. Um, knowing what you want will make it easier to spot what you do not want as well. So giving guidance with, for example, operating principles like being proactive implicates making mistakes, not trying is unacceptable, yet don't make the same mistake twice, are things that are going to help anyone and everyone to understand what the expectation is. And that's part of the company culture that you're striving for. Second one, ensure that you have good leadership team in place. One that is close with their employees, ideally ideally, um, having the support of a people function. (laughs) Strong, respectful relations are key. Um, As I said, I think you need leaders that use their senses listening well seeing effort acknowledging and rewarding great communicators storytellers even you know because we're all we're all listening to great stories and these are the ones that are staying in your mind for longer um explainers even when they have time uh, of not only the great achievements but also the struggles and uh, problems to solve involving employees being transparent with them this will establish the needed trust and, you know, something that they can rely on whenever there is time, whenever there's only time to follow, really, <laughs> because not always you have time to actually give all of these explanations that are so useful. And of course, this starts at the top. So especially on the at the top, you should not stop to explain what you're doing in the C-level, in the leadership team, as everyone will be needed to buy into this in order to execute. The third one, which is probably a bit, you know, bizarre, (laughs) uh, but it's also one that is important. Um, I think when you pay peanuts, you will get monkeys. (laughs) So you want and need highly qualified personnel As most likely, what got you here won't get you there. So, constant change, building up the base means a continuous transformation and little time to train staff and a huge need for new, better, fresh ideas. Um, And people need to know what to contribute, what to change, what to keep. And for that, I think experience is crucial. And you will only get really qualified staff. If you pay appropriately,
0: that makes perfect sense. I have to say, (laughs) even from an investor's point of view. (laughs) Oli, thank you very much. It's been incredibly insightful to have you and on our podcast. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, sign up for the podcast at frockcapital.com slash podcast. And finally, thank you for listening. We welcome all feedback, questions, or topic suggestions for us to cover in future episodes. So please email scale at frogcapital.com. Proc invests in purpose-driven European software scale-ups, making a positive impact on society. We look for businesses who have reached product market fit and are generating over 3 million euros of annual recurring revenue, what we see as a characteristic of the scale-up phase. It's a stage where businesses are continuing the path of positive growth, a purpose-driven route to sustainability and profitability. Our own purpose is to help scale the most exciting purpose-driven software companies in Europe. We do this with both Capital and our in-house team of operating partners who work closely with all the companies we invest in to overcome the inevitable challenges scale-ups face.